0: I would suspect that most of us, um, at some point, have fantasized about what we would do if we won the lottery. What we would buy, what we would do for others, what we would experience, whatever. But I have something even bigger than a lottery I want to ask you about. And you might say, well, what's that? But it would be this, what if God said, I'll do one thing for you? What if Jesus came along and said, I'll do one thing for you? That's bigger than the lottery. What would you ask for? We're going to look today at a man to whom that very thing happened. To whom Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And I think in the process of looking at that man and his interaction with Jesus as he's heading to Jerusalem, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem, I think there's some valuable lessons for us in our own life, our own faith, our own relationship with Jesus. Uh, The story is found over in Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. And if you want to turn there, we're just going to work through the story. I'm going to read it all, but then we're going to go back and just work through the different steps in this story, because I think there's some lessons in each one of the steps. Starting in verse 46, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging, Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. There is a question at the heart of this story that we all need to wrestle with. But the beginning of that question, before it's even, what do we want Jesus to do for us, is do we want Jesus' help? Do we realize in our lives that we need God's involvement, that we need God's help? Bartimaeus knew that. His blindness was obvious. I'm sure it was a great disability for him, especially in the ancient world. He knew what he needed and he knew he couldn't do it himself. But if we look at this as a lesson for all of us, there is a point that many of us may not have physical blindness, but we still need God's help. But we don't always admit it, do we? We live in a culture that says we should take care of ourselves. And for a lot of us, it's very difficult for us to ask for help. And we get grief all the time, don't we? Why didn't you let me know? And we get a little embarrassed and we start, well, you know, I just want to take care of myself or I, I hate to ask for help. or We have our whole list of excuses. Well, it's one thing when that's between the two of us as humans. The problem is when it happens between us and God. Because the reality is, it's like there's a tipping point and we reach that tipping point and our life is such in such a crisis, we're like Bartimaeus. We are blind, we see it, it's obvious, God please help me. But I think there's a lot of times when we haven't quite reached that tipping point that it's harder for us to come to God. It's harder for us to come to Jesus and say, Jesus I, I, I need your help. But that's an important first step. To realize that the lies that we tell ourselves that we can handle life, that we can do it all ourselves, are in fact lies. And that one of the first steps in faith, one of the first steps in getting Jesus' help, is to admit to ourselves, I need to come to Jesus, I need to come to God and say, I I can't handle this, I need your help. And, And the lie that Satan feeds us is that somehow that is a step of weakness. And the truth is that is the first step towards true strength. When it's no longer us trying to handle life on our own, but it's us coming to God, inviting Him to be a part of our lives and seek His help. Well, once we've decided that, the story's not over. There are hurdles between us and God, between us and Jesus and coming for His help. The blind man calls out and what do we hear? Many rebuked him and said, be quiet. We're told in the beginning of the story that it wasn't just Jesus and the disciples. Remember, this is at the end of his ministry. He is enormously popular. And there was a sizable crowd with him in the journey, leaving Jericho and heading up the valley to Jerusalem. And in the midst of all this, here's blind Bartimaeus at the fringe yelling for Jesus. And the people closest to him, they were just irritated. Would you just shut up? And there's an implication in that. He's not interested in you, and he's not going to help you. And, And you've probably heard this before, but don't forget, in that ancient culture, any physical illness or deformity was viewed without question as evidence of God's punishment. There had to have been some sin in your life or your parents' life, and that's why you're blind. And so obviously, God isn't interested in you. He's punishing you. You're a sinner. And so it was very simple for them to say, oh, just shut up. He is not going to be interested in you. And to Bartimaeus' credit, he just yells all the louder, which I'm sure frustrated the people around him, the closest to him. It's like, would you please shut up? And he didn't stop at all. He wanted Jesus' help. Well, the reality is sometimes that happens for us, doesn't it? Maybe not in that kind of obvious, physical, overt way. Although sometimes people may say to us, why in the world would you want to go to church? Why in the world are you interested in this God thing? Or why would you believe that old book, the Bible? Hurdles get thrown up for us. People try to discourage us. People try and say, what in the world are you wasting your time? There's all kinds of hurdles thrown up, and Satan is the one behind those hurdles. Because the last thing he wants is for people to find their way to Jesus. Find their way back to their Father in heaven. And so there needs to be a realization on our part that it may not always be instantly easy to come to Jesus. It may not always be quick and automatic when we seek God's help because Satan is involved in this as well. And people are involved who have upside-down values. And they don't understand what's going on. But please understand, if, had Bartimaeus listened to them, he would have still been blind. But he didn't let those hurdles, those doubters, those skeptics keep him away. And he just yelled louder. He wasn't going to quit. The beautiful part of the story is, of course, that Jesus notices him. I tend to think that maybe this was a divine act. and What I mean by that is I picture this crowd as being pretty noisy. You've probably got some donkeys thrown in here, um, a lot of people. I doubt if this was a hushed moment. They're leaving the city, they're heading out. Maybe it was hard to hear Bartimaeus, but Jesus noticed him. Jesus heard him, and Jesus stopped. He stopped the whole crowd, he stopped the whole parade, and he says, bring him over here. No one else cared, but Jesus did. And there's such a lesson for us in that. And in this whole sermon series of of people changed by Jesus, we're going to see this again and again and again. We've always already seen 10 lepers, and nobody would even come near them, and yet Jesus cared. He noticed them and he cared and He healed them. And he does the same thing here for blind Bartimaeus that nobody else had time for. And that's a message we need to hear. As we talked last week, we are living in a world right now where hope is in short supply. And the message that nobody cares about me is a loud message that a lot of people are hearing. And it's not just the youth today. It's adults. It's older adults. It's adults in the prime of life. It's young adults just getting started. And that message can bombard us that nobody cares. That I and the message that goes with that nobody cares is that I don't matter. I don't have value and worth. And that message gets reinforced again and again. And and however many directions that message comes to us, there is this man standing named Jesus who says, You matter to me. I will notice you. Please hear that. Because this is the same Jesus we have a relationship with today. The same Jesus who wants a relationship with you. And Jesus noticed Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus was important enough to Jesus that he stopped the whole parade. And he says, I want to talk to him, bring him here. And I want us each to capture that today. Because it is a message we each need to burn into our hearts, our minds. That no matter what anybody else says, there is one person who cares and that's Jesus. If He didn't care for you, He would not have died for you. He was headed to Jerusalem because of how much we matter to Him. And that's why He would persist and go all the way to the cross, knowing how painful it would be, because we matter to Him and He cares. The story of Bartimaeus is for each of us. A picture into Jesus' heart. And it's not just how much he cares for me, for you, how much he cares for your neighbor. You may have some blind Bartimaeus around you at work, in the neighborhood, in your circle of family or friends. Please understand, don't be those disciples that say, would you just shut up? Understand the heart of Jesus and let that heart come through you because he cares about them. And he needs you to share that with them. The next thing that happens in all this, it's just a little phrase, and I would have missed it myself. But a number of years ago in a retreat setting, the person leading the retreat used this story and took a minute to talk about throwing off his old cloak to get up. Because it says he had to throw off his cloak. I mean, he was a beggar who just sat there by the road all day long, and he had a cloak to stay warm. Well, to come to Jesus, there was something he had to throw off, and that was his old cloak. And at the retreat, this speaker challenged us to think about what old cloak do you have you need to throw away? And I found that to be a fascinating question. You know, I love to sit and watch TV with a blanket. I have my favorite blanket. I hide it between my chair and the wall so nobody else can use my favorite blanket. But you know, when I get up, i got to get rid of the darn thing. And sometimes it's all wrapped around you, and you got to pull and pull and get it away to get up and go anywhere. Bartimaeus had to do that. The problem is, in the process of coming to Jesus, sometimes we have an old dirty blanket wrapped around us that we need to get rid of. And that can be a lot of things. It can be some mixed allegiances where I'm committed to Jesus or I want to be, but I'm also committed over here. It can be some habits that I don't want to get rid of. It can be some things I own that take up my time. It can be all kinds of things that the truth is they're sort of wrapping us up and they're keeping us from being free to come to Jesus. And sometimes we don't notice them because we have them around us every day. They're that favorite blanket. And this story makes us stop and ask that question. And that's what I'd like you to do today. Is there some old cloak wrapped around you that you need to be willing to throw off to come to Jesus? It's a very interesting question to reflect on. And I'd ask you to reflect on that this week. And if you're really brave, pray this prayer. God, if there is an old cloak wrapped around my legs, keeping me from really coming to Jesus, will you point that out to me this week? Because I may be so used to this old cloak, I actually like it. It's my favorite. Sort of tattered and all that, but I've had it forever, so just leave my cloak alone. Ask God to point that out to you. Because sometimes I think we are like Bartimaeus, and there's some stuff we need to get rid of if we're going to be able to come to Jesus. Well, that brings us to what I think is the most interesting point of the whole thing. And that is when Bartimaeus gets up, he throws off his cloak. Jesus has heard him stop the parade. He says, bring him over here. And so here comes Bartimaeus through the crowd. I'm sure they sort of separate a little bit now because Jesus has said, bring him here. So the people are sort of uh, spreading out. And here he comes, and the first thing he does when he gets to Jesus, Jesus, what do you want? Would you think about that with me for a minute? My first reaction is, duh. I mean, isn't that obvious? He's blind. But it's interesting what has transpired. Notice specifically what Bartimaeus has been yelling for. Son of David, have mercy on me. He said it twice, repeatedly. Have mercy on me. But that's sort of a general kind of thing, isn't it? That mercy could come in a lot of different forms from God. God have mercy on me. What's that mean? Jesus says, okay, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? I don't think that question was for Jesus. He is the son of God. He knows. He knows Bartimaeus is blind. I think Jesus made Bartimaeus pause and reflect on that for a minute. It's like, okay, you're here. He paid attention to you. He wanted Bartimaeus to think for a bit about, what do I really want Jesus to do for me? Now, because of his condition and how that impacted his whole life, the answer is what we would expect. He says, I want to see again. But again, just like the cloak, I think that's a valid question for us to wrestle with. What would God's mercy look like for each of us? What would God's mercy look like for you? If this happened to you and Jesus stopped and said, okay, I'm paying attention to you, what can I do for you? What would we actually ask of Jesus? I think there is a point there that it's healthy for us to reflect on ourselves I think sometimes our prayers become, I I just want to feel better about life, or I, I just want to take care of all my problems, and we sort of lump everything together. But I think often what God says is, really, what do you want? What is it that concerns you? If I am going to give you something specifically, what do you want me to do for you? And I think that's a healthy process to wrestle through and ask specifically, what is it I really need God to do? What am I asking him for? Well, the obvious question in that is, will Jesus do whatever we ask? And this is something I just couldn't jump over here. Because I find this to be a huge stumbling block in people's spiritual lives. It's like we want, we want one of two, we're only offering God one of two things, and that is on the one hand, whatever I ask for, you're going to do for me, or there's no point in asking you because you're not going to do whatever I ask you to do. And, and there's a lot of people, and maybe this has been you, who've really given up on God because they asked for something and He didn't do it. And there's, there's some a- anger towards God, some resentment, or some feeling of, well, he doesn't listen anyway. Don't bother to pray. I prayed. As for this, he didn't do it. So it's interesting when Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? I want us to read, which I think is one of a, a troubling passage, I'll call it, over in John 14. Because Jesus seems to be promising the very thing I just said. Over in John 14, I want to read verses 13 and 14. He's speaking to his disciples. And he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now if you're like me there's two phrases that jump out there and I create my own belief system. If I ask for anything he will do it. Isn't that what it says? That's what we want it to say. But there's a phrase he adds in there and that's what we need to capture. If you ask for anything in my name And the best that I can understand that, what I read in different scholars' commentaries, it is the concept, it is not just asking for anything, but it is asking for anything to which Jesus will sign his name and say, I agree with this. If this is a request, a purchase request that comes through the office, Jesus says, I'll sign that one. It's a valid purchase. That there is a filter We, in our humanness, our less than perfection, God is not giving us a blank check. He's not giving us a magic wand or a magic lamp or a genie that says, I will do anything you want me to do. And we need to understand that. But Jesus does say, if there are things that I would agree with, just ask, I'll do them. Don't hesitate. He agreed Bartimaeus needed to see, and he healed his eyes. I believe that is true for us today. And that's the next point I put in the sermon, and that is that miracles can happen today. They really can. Jesus is the same Jesus today who was then. The same Jesus who was capable of restoring Bartimaeus' blind eyes or restoring 10 lepers, or on and on and on, as Grant read in the communion meditation, raising Lazarus from the dead. Jesus has not run out of his power to do miracles. We need to understand that promise of John 14, and it is true. He is willing to work in our lives and do things that to us seems impossible. Does that mean he will do everything we specifically ask? Maybe not. And it's not because he doesn't hear our prayers. Please understand that. It may be because he has something far better he wants to give us. We don't understand that. We don't see that. But he does. And he says, well, yeah, I could give what they're asking for, but I'm working on this, and I know they will be so much happier I'm going to wait and give them what I know they'll be happier with. Or I know what will be better for them. And if we really think about that, wouldn't we agree with Jesus? If we saw what he sees, and yeah, this is what I wanted, and I really wanted it, Jesus. And then he says, yeah, but I can do this. And I'm getting this ready for you. Which do you want? I think 99 out of 100 times we'd say, Wow, I didn't think about that, Jesus. Let's go with your choice. Let's do what you want, because that is going to be way better. Now, sometimes Jesus says, Okay, it's going to take me a a while to get this ready, but I'm going to do something better. I'm going to bless you in ways you hadn't expected. I I think Satan, he puts this doubt in all of us. And we have to fight it, and it comes back. Well, yeah, those miracles, they happen in the Bible. They just don't happen today. That's not true. That's not true. God is working today. And he's doing amazing things in people's lives. Don't hesitate to ask him to restore your blindness, or to do something else. He is working. It may not be everything we ask, because sometimes we're going to ask something, and we would, we would all deny this, but it's true. We've all asked something that Jesus says, nah, I can't sign off on that one. You know, I know you want that new car, uh-uh, I'm not signing off on it. Or whatever. And we like, yeah, I knew. Yeah, but, I, but I wanted to try. <laughs> it was worth a try. But where it says, yeah, I agree with that. I'll sign off on that one. You asked for that. Bartimaeus, you want to see? I'll sign off on that one. And he healed him. He does still work miracles today. Please never let Satan put that doubt in your mind. But the story's not over. Because there's something better than a miracle in this story. And that's what I want us to capture, and it's easy to miss. Bartimaeus had his sight, but he didn't leave. It says he followed Jesus. He stayed with him. And we know his name, which the, the, we can't prove this, but the very fact that we know what his name was says that he probably continued to hang around with the Jesus followers, and he became a part of the Christian group. And that's why we know his name. Everybody knows Bartimaeus. He sat in church. Two rows up. You see, he realized that there was something more important than receiving his sight. It was getting to know the one who could give him his sight. It was faith. It was having Jesus. You see, life is more than healing my problem today. Because in a month, there's going to be another problem. if I have Jesus, then it doesn't matter what the future holds because I'm walking with this guy who can restore sight and raise the dead and handle whatever comes up. And of course, Bartimaeus is going to see that in the next few weeks in Jerusalem. Terrible things will happen, but Jesus can handle it. And of course, on Easter morning, he proves that. And so the greatest gift in this whole story isn't the blindness being healed. It's Jesus and having Him and a relationship with Him. That He is walking with us in life. We're walking with Him in life so that whatever comes, whatever comes, as we've sung in so many of the songs today, whatever comes, He is greater. And He can handle it. And He will be with us. And when the whole world says we don't matter, He says, you matter to me. And when it feels like nobody can help us, He says, I can. It is in Christ that we find that security of love and that hope. Because we have a Savior who makes the blind see and the lame walk and the deaf hear And even the dead walk forth alive again. And that Jesus, he wants to be your Jesus. And whatever blindness may come to you in life, he wants to help you. Will you follow him like Bartimaeus did? Let's pray. Father, thank you Thank you that you recorded for us Bartimaeus' story. And that even blindness was not a problem for Jesus. But Bartimaeus had to work to come to him. And we ask for your help. As we try to follow Jesus and and have our faith in him, there are struggles, there are hurdles our own doubts, Satan whispers lies to us. But help us. Come to Jesus and follow Him. For only He can change our lives forever. I pray this in His name. Amen.